0: Hello, hello, Joey here. Welcome back to Droolish. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Droolish. I am your host. It really doesn't matter who my name, but what does matter is that Droolish is a sleep and relaxation podcast focusing on helping you fall asleep, relax, reduce mind chatter, and pretty much just get your mind off of your day. If you are new to the podcast, well, I'm just going to read what I wrote on the website because it makes a lot of sense, and when I write things, it sounds better than how I say it in real time. So if you've got got insomnia, need some shut-eye, well, this is a podcast that's focused around stream of consciousness thoughts blended with soothing white noise in the background. I do also make some other noises to help induce uh, deep focus and thoughts and sleep as well. Uh, I think it's uh, theta waves and binaural beats. So it's very subtle. As a matter of fact, I might not not even put it in this episode because of the fact that now that you know about it, you're going to listen for it, which is the opposite of what I was was trying to do. But regardless, I do add white noise in the background. It should make it a pretty seamless experience. Combined with my yawn-inducing voice, I offer, or I should say, Drewish offers a relaxing atmosphere with a personal flair. Jury is out with a personal flair, but I do try to go for the relaxing atmosphere. I do talk about a variety of subjects, hopefully to provide some value in your everyday life or everyday sleeping lives, or just value in general. Topics can range from many different things, and that's kind of the point. Uh, sticking to one thing is kind of just I don't know for me it just seems a little bit boring and besides let's be honest if a lot of us including myself if you find this podcast you're listening for a reason uh, and that's to help you fall asleep so you are probably like you're probably like me where you're at the point where you'll say you'll try anything well here you are so if this podcast does sound interesting, but the topic does not sound interesting. I do recommend you looking at, I think, the other 70 episodes and seeing which one piques your interest and go from there. The way I talk and the way I speak generally it is a little bit different. I'm certainly long-winded, and I know a lot of people who like the podcast, Kind of, I'd say they remind me of me to an extent, and uh, the, the people who I talk to seem pretty awesome, so I'm very okay with that. Um, that being said... With this episode, we are continuing our note card series, uh, note cards revisited. I still don't know what that's going to be the official title, so if you are looking at the description and the title, that might change. Uh, only because I really do enjoy this series and I want to provide value. So these note cards were written uh, over a year ago, and this was right before the podcast was launched, and this was during a phase where. I wanted to write down every little idea and thought that came to my head in the form of a note card, telling myself that I would circle back one day, and I did do it a while back, but I only circled back to categorize a lot of these thoughts, but I never actually sat down and talked it out. It sounds crazy. Um, Generally, when you talk about things out loud, uh, you help hear it from a different point of view because it's not from in your head. And it feels natural for me to talk about these note cards uh, on podcasts because I guess you guys get to hear my, my thoughts, my thought process behind of what I wrote, wrote, why I wrote it. And not only that, but a lot of these notes are really meant for me to either improve as a person or provide context. And I think, I think you guys should actually have, should, should, should be able to find a couple of good uh, nuggets within this. I hope so. I mean that's kind of the goal because if it doesn't benefit me, it shouldn't benefit you. But I wrote these for the benefit of myself, um, and I just happen to be sharing it, sharing these with you. So hopefully, again, the benefits will extend out to you, and you find some sort of value. And if not, well, then just kind of sit back, relax, and just enjoy the voice and the rain. Yes, you hear that? I love the sound of that rain. Uh, it's pretty much hitting the top of a tent. I just love that sound. I feel I find that it's better than rain like on grass, rain on a house. This, know, the sound of a tent or like a plastic bag and rain, it's just so calming. Um, I do take requests for rain. I should mention that. But if you have any ideas for episodes you would like me to talk about, or you would like me to, if you have any comments or feedback, feel free to send me an email at droolishpodcast at com. follow me on Twitter, at Podcast. I don't go out of my way to do ads. I do have a Patreon. Uh, I think it's patreon for slash drulish. I'm only mentioning this. This is the second time I've mentioned it. Um, Only because I feel like if you guys do like to listen to this podcast, uh, this does help support me in uh, setting up faster methods of um, actually, it helps me set up with editing, and it helps me um, get the resources to expedite a lot of the episodes, especially when it comes to online, and hopefully uh, putting this on YouTube down the road. So, um, not really, I, I don't, I'm not really asking for anything, I just figure if you guys enjoyed the podcast, uh, yeah, feel free to check that out. Um, but again, just listening all in itself, and your feedback is more than enough to keep me going in this podcast. So let's dive straight to it, shall we? So this, these cards, there's about 200 that have have been written, I am going to keep the ones, when I speak out loud, and kind of reflect on these, there are going to be ones that I'm going to toss, and ones I'm going to to keep. The ones that I've kept, I've only kept about, I think, a dozen or so, and the same when it comes to the ones that I have not kept. So, about 50-50 ratio of me, actually, um, liking what I wrote, and that's fine. Uh, I think it's good for us, and all of us, to... If have an idea, we write it down, and just to let it sit for a day and see if it sticks. Unfortunately, or fortunate for me, this is a year, so we'll see the impact of uh, these thoughts, and how much... or sorry, the impact of these thoughts that they had, and how effective they are to date. This one. Uh, these note cards that I'm coming up with, uh, they, I do keep note of what type of subject, and kind of tabs on uh, the ideas behind them, so the first one, first batch of note cards that I see, and this might be today's episode, who knows, there's about a dozen of these, uh, they're called Absurd Theories, so I'm probably gonna dig myself a grave, sorry, dig myself into a grave with this particular episode set, or this episode. Um, but in parentheses, I'm very very apparent. I I try to be very apparent when I do this. Um, I know these are absurd theories. Like, they're literally titled absurd theories. But in parentheses, I say it's alternatively five-star writing prompts. Okay? So, that itself right there, I already know why I wrote this. Okay? I know the fact that one day, if I were to write a book or write articles or or talk about things with other people... I generally would gauge this as, like, is this, like, am I talking, like, a crazy person, or does this, or this what I have make any sense? If it doesn't make any sense, and it's not even in the realm of, like, reality, then I would categorize it as a five-star writing prompt, because it's something that would probably be really interesting for me to write about, but not, but not seriously, you know? Um, it would be more fun, like, more like talking about fun dreams, or fun, or there could be, like, an episode of Black Mirror, I don't know, but... Uh, but most of these cue cards are going to be that. Absurd theories. So I s- certainly have to keep that card, because it's just the title of... Or, uh, sorry, the segment or category of the notes that, that I go over here. And this one is long. Holy cow. Well, boys and ladies and gents and non-binaries, we got... This is going to be quite an episode that I'm looking into. So, obviously this one is absurd theory. This is an absurd theory. Um, It immediately has an arrow saying, time travel does exist. Don't know how I got there, but time theory does exist. Maybe we can unlock this thought process, because I have a lot of arrows and I want to make sense of all this. The reason why I have time travel does exist is because I wrote a second note underneath this note card. It says how to stop regret. So there's something here. It goes on to say set up a reevaluation system. 1 month, 6 months, 2 year, Pick one and run with it. No more maybes, yes or no. Place the not yet implies that we did evolve and change we can look back in the future reevaluate re- or not yet and then there's a time travel theory uh, see we can look back to the future reevaluate or not yet capture thoughts memory equals bad cloud internet goes down to paper note cards which does in turn need to use our data set of life experiences further to validate yes or no This keeps going down. If history is recorded, it is always present. Or is it always the past? Our present will always recall the past. As a collective point, that time is etched into history. About perspective. We are actually living in this perspective. That action is an echo on what that was recalled. Therefore, when an action is made, uh, it is based off of our life experiences. What the? I got the second point. I have no idea. I really should write in sentences more. And not not snippets. Because the second half actually made a lot of sense to me. So. The whole idea here. And I, I think why I wrote this is an absurd theory. Um, and I wrote this a year ago. Time travel does exist. I almost feel like I'm different on that one now. But. Reading this again, it actually, it, it, so, this is more of i I'm, I'm assuming this is more of an, a semantical thing here, uh, when I wrote this, because, when we talk about, I guess, I don't know why I mentioned even regret, like, a, it's not even, like, implied here, like, making bad decisions. However, the big thing that I noticed, the sentiment here is that, when you make a decision, right then and there and now, like, if I make a decision to talk about this, like, this theory all in itself, um, more or less setting a chain of events that is going to create something in the future, and it could be a day from now, two days from now, maybe one of you guys will email me, okay, I don't know, uh, but that action that I did back then, I guess now, I should say, like, today, this moment that you're listening, or the time that I'm recording. Uh, that action is directly going to affect my future. In that, in, that, in that shape or form. Okay. However, how I got there, uh, how I got to that specific point of me checking that email that you might have sent is directly proportionate to um, the present self, which is me. But in the future, if I were to read the email, that is, that, that is literally reflective off of the decision that I've made in the past, from that point of view. So, in theory, every decision that I made, or I would say, every decision that—not just me, but that has been made—I think this is really what it's trying to go to. Every decision that has been made is literally reflective off of the past, which I guess is experience. Okay, but we are pretty much echoing everything we've done in the past and reacting—we're reacting accordingly in the present. So that kind of leads me to believe like are we are we acting or reacting to the now? Like I'm literally going over notes from a year ago from these thoughts and trying to recollect the sentiment behind it. But as I'm reading this one, I you know is the what is the previous is the year ago's version of Joey showing through right now. You know you get what I'm saying at? Like the, the, the 2020 Joey that's looking at this reflectively, is that the same as the 2019 Joey? And if it is the same 2019 Joey, then in theory, wouldn't that Joey still be present? Like, that present, that past Joey is now living in a present, only, only now that it's realized? Is that effectively time travel? Probably not. Again, that's probably all semantics. So, by writing no more maybes, yes, no. The lack of a decision is actually the lack of progress being made, so if, if by making a decision of a yes or a no, willingly and intentfully, you've already set the motion of doing something that I would say in theory you probably don't need to regret, it, because you've made an action, like a an like intentful action. And I'm saying that a lot, I still don't think that holds, I don't think that holds a lot of water. The second half makes a lot of sense. Okay, so as a collective point, that time is extended into history, duh. But it's about perspective. We are living in this perspective. But what is, you know, there's so many questions for that. So when an action is made, then action, the action is echoed on what was recalled. That part holds a lot of water. Because when an action is made, it is echoed and what is recalled. So everything that I'm doing and everything that you've done, every action that has been made, is technically reactive based off of your whole life's experiences, so there's effectively everyone's reacting to things, it's just to the extent of what the reaction is. So the actions that you're making are based off of the past, does that mean you are effectively living in the past always? Does that, so, yeah, so that's what I mean like, by time is an echo theory, like everything you've done is actually reflective off of what you've done in the past, but your actions is reflective off of the experiences that you've learned. So you can never actually have true real-time stuff because it's everything is, is an echo, which means our future self, if we're aware. No, see, I don't have I don't have anything to go from there. Maybe if I um, wrote those two or three additional notes, I would have gotten somewhere. Um, but no, that's not uh, interesting talking point. But I I just don't the first the first one doesn't make too much sense. Implies that if we do change, we could look back in the future and reevaluate or not yet. So if we hold off... I think I got this. But I don't want to dive into it, so we spent like 16 minutes on... Or 10 minutes on, on this specific note. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with it. I, am, I honestly think the second card actually has a lot of weight to it. The first one I kind of get, but it's just too far of a stretch. Uh, I'd have to rewrite that, and that's not... That's not what I'm doing right now. So, time is an echo. I like that one. I mean, you know, it's for a good talking point. Yeah, it's for a party. You never know. Uh, and then this one is still noted. Absurd Theory Time Travel. So this might actually be a further... This might actually be a, di- a bigger, deeper into this, or a deeper, uh, note or thought into this. If I knew then what I knew now, uh, adage to time travel echo. As he's progressed, actually his work is echoed off of the... Oh, wait, that's actually wrong arrow. So, okay. So this might actually help bring more context. If I knew then what I knew now, it's an addish to the time travel echo theory, which as I kind of mentioned before. I'm still not fully fleshed out. Uh, but this example Elon Musk. Uh, note his timelines, accomplishments, influence. As he progressed, his actual work is echoed off of his. all of his ideas were accepted, uh, not as some other point, more or less. Everything you accomplish or product made is reflective off of the current world's acceptance. Everything you accomplish or any product made is a reflection off of the current world's acceptance of what you've done. So if no one's actually accepted what you've done, and no one's actually there to know about it, and it's, even though it's only your work, the perception of the world uh, means that, that what you've done it never existed. So I guess, what, I guess what they do say is, like you know, what your influence, what you leave, kind of, your input, uh, what the impact you leave after the world is truly what is accomplished at the end of the day, because that's the perspective of what everyone else is doing. I think that's what it means. Although in theory, what doesn't that also mean? I feel like I'm arguing with myself, but I feel like what does that also mean though? That the more influential and impactful that you that you've done, like the the more you have affected time. I think. Ah, there's something there. The thing is I don't I'm not gonna go back like I said, these theories are just random theories based on semantics. At least, like myself, semantics. But I feel like there's a grain, of, like there's some grains of truth that I see here, and it makes a lot of sense. Again, this is probably me overthinking. This one, I'm gonna. Yeah, I think this was. I think this was more of an action point that I never actually did. Because I mean, I read a book. It was literally, I think, one of the books I was just recently reading. Um, Maybe it was, was like, the Amazon book I read, where, I think, Amazon or some other company, um, they fired this dude because he spent all his time writing ideas and note cards and not getting too much done. He was a dreamer. And uh, his name was actually Elon Musk when he worked for a company. But, like, you know, what if Elon's thoughts and notes he just wrote that and what if he just tossed them, or what if the person who read the ideas that the other company he used to work at, like, tossed that, like, compared to what Elon is able to do now, and despite politics and everything aside. Uh, I don't know, see, uh, see, now I'm back into rambling, so I get, no, this, sorry guys, that note card is too, too much nonsense, uh, I can't, th- This just too fragmented, so that's a self-note to be more clear in the future so I'm gonna skip these two a lot of these are actually still um time travel stuff too so this one continues the time is an echo theory uh, which means if I already if I already read three notes about it uh, this might actually be something serious at least that I took seriously back then so the past and future connect obviously on um, stage I believe. uh Yes, I am biased. Recall past experiences. Our brain has the ability to fill in the blanks. Brain cards. Um, This is at a larger scale. And this is true. So, there is a... I I pulled this from a... um, It's a show, but it's on Netflix too, called uh, Brain Games. And it's a fairly strenuous show because it requires you to actually, like, be incredibly, like, mindful. And you have to pay high attention to every little segment. And one of the things that, that was uh, taught is that our brain can actually go back in time. And by that I mean, if you were to read a sentence or, or not even listen to a full sentence, uh, it might be like, hey, I'm going store in potatoes. Like, that's literally what I said. Your, your mind will actually start picking up the things that I didn't say, even though it's done after the fact. So if I said, hey, I'm going to the store to potatoes, like blank potatoes, your brain will will probably assume the word, you know, I'm going to buy. I think that's how it works. So by doing that, your brain is actually going back in time to fill in the blank that you left to capture the moment of now. Whoa. Yeah, exactly. So, there is a semblance of, like, your brain is willing to hold pieces of what happened in the past to connect it to the future. Um, although I feel like it's all, like, metaphysical stuff. However, that doesn't mean... Uh, but, I mean, that's only at a, like, super uh, microscopic, like, timing scale. So, this is at a larger scale. Let's see, uh, have, uh, electrodes somehow connects. Wouldn't that support simulation theory? We're coded by. Let's see. We're coded by post posthuman being. Okay, so a lot of the time travel stuff. Which at the points here is actually all the arrows start pointing into the simulation theory, which all in itself could be its own thing, its own episode. I'm not going to dive too much into that. Into that. Um, but the whole idea is that some of the stuff that might be deja vu, or some of the stuff that that time is an echo, is just based off of a lot. Like everything that we've done is just reflective off of what we've done in the past. So even this podcast is literally this podcast itself is a reflection of the note cards that I wrote. Okay? The action of the podcast, even creating the podcast. And I had I mentioned the podcast a lot, and it's only because it's the most practical example that I think you guys can relate with because you're listening to it right now. Is that it the action was an echo of the thought. Okay. And the production is an echo of me putting gonna work. So essentially, everyone, even if you're listening to right now, you're listening to a part of the past. You're listening to an echo of what I used to be, even as is right now. If I were to release this at June 3 at 2 p.m., even though I'm recording at 10 a.m., you're only catching up to what I said or, or me three hours ago. You know, you're still, you haven't caught up to me in real time. And even then, me in real time is still a reflection of all of my experiences Experiences and thoughts, so that's why time is an echo. And I'm not going to talk about uh, simulation theory yet. It's in its own episode, or maybe not, because it's right in the next note card. <laughs> <laughs> the surprise of these note cards. So, time is an echo. Past. Few, yeah, that one. I'm going to hone in a little bit more on, but not this episode hopefully you guys enjoyed that one i know it's not, again this is an absurd these are absurd thoughts in third theories i'm not i'm not sugarcoating okay i want you guys to know like like some of this stuff might make sense some of it might not but that, keep your mind keep your frames out of that this is more of absurdist but it's not not complete craziness i think i know it's it's, it's categorized under absurd not just strictly nonsensical However, in reflection... uh, Let's see here... (laughs) Oh man, I I categorized these, but I didn't know I was actually going to talk about simulation theory until I pulled up the next card, that's why I'm laughing to myself. So, this next note card, again, continuing off of the previous talk. If simulation theory is true, wouldn't we base ourselves off of stats and data? Um, By that I mean... Okay, now I'll talk about simulation theory. So, simulation theory, if you haven't heard, just implies there are like... Three, I think there are three core principles. And I'm, I'm going to pull it up right now, because I am not going to do it in justice of trying to talk about simulation theory. Um, actually, I might. I'll do that right now while I pull it up. So, so, simulation theory is that it pretty much says all of reality, everything that we live and understand and comprehend, is actually a simulation, um, likely through like a computer or a game. So think of like The Sims, okay? Like pretend we are The Sims, but with better graphics, at least least to our eyes. And the reason why this is implied is that if we were to assume that we have the capability to create a simulation in ourselves, like create a simulation in a game or through computers, is that at some point in time, potentially even in the future, there might be like superhumans or super beings. That have the same capability to code similar stuff that we did. After all, we are superhumans, or sorry, they are superhumans, and they should have the capabilities of us. That's that is a, that has to be a given. If you don't, if you don't give it that, then okay, like theory doesn't fall through, but it also doesn't make any sense that superhumans exist, or like something in the future may exist. So therefore, it is very plausible that a superhuman be way down in the future, maybe, or even in the past, it doesn't really matter what, what the time frame is. There's, there's just someone down the road, or even in the present, that coded this world. If he can code The Sims, there's someone who could be greater that can code everything that we see today. But the thing is, the person who created the code is the one that, is the one that creates the rules. So it's like, hey, gravity's a thing. Here are all these things that exist within this realm. And they kind of just let it be. That is just hit enter, done, and now the world's running, and now we experience the simulation all around us. That's the idea behind it. Uh, I, I'm someone who likes the simulation theory. I believe I believe in that, uh, to an extent. Uh, yeah, probably even more so, now that I think about it. And... I think uh, there's, there's some... Let's see here. Yeah. I think there is a Kurtz... Kurtzageg? I can't pronounce it. Um, YouTube video that, that goes into it, but if you type in Simulation Theory, there are a lot of articles that talk about... It's all, it's all in engineering, it's all in science. But the whole idea behind this, um, this thought, with this note card, is that if it is ex... exist, then there is someone elsewhere that's keeping track of our stats. Because when you code people, when you look at the sims, you see like, oh, here's his health status, here's like his stamina, here's fitness, here's his mental health, here's his skill, and whatever. And I talk about a lot of, of quantifying data based off of intangibles, especially when it comes to like startup ideas. So the reason why that stuff exists, uh, is, or I talk about that, is because I kind of grew up with that mindset uh, and you know, in the shape of video games. And whether you play Madden or any sports game, you you see a lot of stats. Whether someone's speed is like ninety nine, or their agility, or their stamina, or the, like their cross dribble ability, like there's a lot of different points that you can keep in track. And if simula- simulation theory worth were true, there's going to be someone that's already coding this information, and the fact that we already do that uh, and are actively trying to get more data points. You know, kind of would support that. So, uh, and then I wrote below, the coder already has made a rule set, and then find the right equation. Which I have no idea where it means, where it means fi- find the right equation. Oh, I know where that meant. So, if simulation theory were true, I have all these arrows, but it mentions the stats and data, and we already do. Um, but then I have a question of, does this help my argument of, and then it's blank. So, it's a thought that I never actually finished. But does this help the argument of that that simulation theory exists or not? But if simulation theory were to exist, if it were true, then yeah, the coder has already made a rule set. then we we shouldn't base ourselves off of stats and data. But if it is coded, then that means we have the ability to hack it. We have the ability to break the system in theory. So like, if I knew the right keystrokes, like in a game, if I'm up, down, left, right, too many segments, you know, it'll kind of create, like, a bug in the game. Maybe you can find a way to hack it and change things. Uh, and maybe that's all what people say hacks are all about. All about. Like, hey, like, here's our quick thing that goes not really against the rules, but in this rule set, this creates a loophole, and, it, and, and until the patch, or until everyone else kind of understands what what is broken, you can kind of exploit things, I guess. Um, but, like... Yeah, that is kind of, I think, the thought process behind it. I feel like that is. I'm basing the confidence on how I talked about the simulation theory, like, on how... how on the ball I feel like I was. I think, I feel like I'm pretty close. I'm keeping that one, because that one actually ties into a lot of the time. Time is an echo. Uh, Not specifically, but... uh, Let's see. I'm going, going to the next card, because I'm seeing, I'm seeing if, I can, if I can piece everything together still. Uh, is it psychology or philosophy? I, I, this chicken scratch that I wrote, this is the next card. Still within the absurd theories. Uh, mind, you know, subject at hand. Maybe life is a simulation of what life actually is in post human society. Simulation theory. Or look deeper. This is a structure. Society of life. In Grand. Growth, evolution circles back to life is actually a post-human society. Um, anything is possible becomes oh, anything is possible because I literally just did it. Still within boundaries of physics, science, etc, et There's something there. Let's see if I can say this out loud and this into like actual thoughts. So the first part is just kind of reiterating about post-human society, people coding. That's whatever. Um, however, in the idea of what's possible, what isn't, what's like within the rule set, a lot of the rules that are coded in the game or whatever, you know, if you were to code The Sims, these people are just living off of the rules that you give them. Uh, you, they might be do, doing things that are random, um, only because the rule set leaves a lot of room for interpretation. They were to code. If the post-human society were to code Earth or the whole thing that we observe um, within a certain rule set, saying like, "Hey, like gravity exists here," there's different like, you know, ra- you know there's different rules, sets, quote unquote, based on where your situation is at. Well, that would mean that there's going to be a lot of different rules or unknowns that still aren't explored, and we're only we're only able to understand what we're able to. Comprehend or see or think or, you know, observe. So anything is literally, so anything is possible uh, because I literally just did it. I think I wrote that because there's a lot of times that people will say, hey, you can't fly. Hey, you can't connect the world on, a, on the palm of your hands. I'm pretty sure there are people who kind of thought those ideas were absurd. Even just years ago, it seemed like it was widely accepted. Until someone's like, "Well, fuck that! Like, I'm just going to do what I want. I'm going to build teams. We're just going to figure it out. It's just going to take time." So anything is possible, literally, if you think about it. And if you think enough and decipher reverse engineer, it could be possible as long as it, as long as it fit within those rule sets. The thing is, these rule sets are not defined. Um, actually, they are defined, but they are not defined by us. Those are, those are for us to figure out, and. I think that's more of the idea behind it. I don't know, but that's what the uh, note card said. I do like talking about that one, uh, especially because there's so many things that exist from things we never thought of. Like our minds are usually blown with like what people have done. So uh, I like that. I like those notes. That those are at least like reflective, and I think I don't know. I think they're good talking points. At least for me to talk about for you guys to observe and listen again a lot of these absurd theories take them with a grain of salt these are just things that I thought about in the past and seeing if I can pull them up and see if they make an equal amount of sense in the present and maybe in the future too so thank you past Joey the one who has not created this podcast at that point yet when I wrote this but uh, yeah so this one this is labeled under absurd theory and this is going to be a, an annoying one. Uh, Internet is a collective of minds. AI starts asking why be scared? Be scared and then I have a big purple circle. Usually when I write in purple ink it means it is a crucial thought that is very important. Unfortunately, when it's a circle without any interpretation, it means this is a thought that I really need to flush out because it seemed important at the time, but not important enough for me to actually do anything about it. That's why I said it's kind of frustrating that I have a purple circle and it does not actually have uh, the action point. So I'm very disappointed in the past, Joey, that you did not complete the thought. You you probably were onto something, but I, I still can't fill fill in the blank. Um, maybe I can. I do have a sec. I do have a second half of this note that's written. I wonder if sci-fi novelists write material that they wish were true in real life. They just don't have the proof to be taken seriously, so it's "quote unquote" entertainment. That's more of a cynical view that I, I wrote, um, but it's very really possible. I think that's kind of the birth of the absurd, absurd theory slash, like, five-star rating prompts, I guess. Um, the internet as a collective mind. AR starts asking why, and the be scared. I think that is key, when I think about it. I mean, the human... Like, I, I don't I always agree that communication is huge, and that's because it leads to understanding. And when it comes to understanding, everyone gets better, everyone's aligned, and we can get shit done. Um understanding involves asking questions like who what where when, why and a lot of people do not ask questions and if they do ask questions they're not listening so what if ai starts like artificial intelligence starts to listen they're compiling data all the time and they are trying to understand sentiment but uh this is if for ai machine learning people out there i wrote this a year ago so i can be way out date. but it says ai starts asking why so like does ar does, does ai ever start asking themselves why am I doing this? Like, how do I understand? Why am I doing things that I'm doing? Why am I collecting this information? Why did this person say that? And how do I interact in the right way? Like, you like would. I don't know. I feel like the moment AI starts asking why, is it be scared because they're going to start thinking like us before, before, them, before they're just calculating like we can't and doing things that we can't, doing automation that we can't. So, yeah. Be uh, scared. Um, but it's still a good thought, though. Not that one, but the thought after. They just don't have proof to be taken seriously since entertainment. Yeah, so it is possible that maybe there's a lot, a, lot, a lot of absurdist theorists out there, but they're like, well, you know, maybe society isn't going to accept this thought, so I'm going to write a novel or a book that's related to this and then see if people actually like it. See if it picks up any steam. I don't hate that thought. I don't love it. I don't hate it. There's just one theory that I wrote, probably just something that just stream of consciousness, consciousness that just let it fly by. Uh, so there is. All right. So there's three more cards, that are. Te- I mean, there's six technically, but these three are still under random theories here. So this one is. This one. Oh, I hate this, too. I hate this because I literally have a note within a note. Um, I call this intent theory. Intent theory is based off of game theory. I have something... I have two scribbles. It's a square in four different quadrants. In the upper left quadrant, there's a G labeled on the upper, and on the side there's a G. In the bottom in the right side quadrant, in the bottom left quadrant, there's a B and a B. I think it's girl, girl, boy, boy. Or good, good, bad, bad. Circle back, and then it says, I think it's like vibe. And then the arrow eventually points to always be positive. There we go. Uh, I'll see if I can piece this together. Uh, I have a note that says neutral equals no decision. Uh, Interaction must be positive or negative, delaying time. Okay. I think. I think. I get this. And I think that only I get this. I think this will make total sense if I say it if I say right now. If I forget, let this let it be known that this is this is the crystallized slot that I'm coming to at the moment. So this call this quadrant that I have, uh I guess it's related to game theory. And if you're not familiar with game theory, it's essentially just the idea of of understanding different outcomes based off of like a scenario. And most of these outcomes are just based off of like it's like a Based off of quadrants, I'm pretty sure, uh, and these quadrants slash outcomes vary based off of the situation. And the situation at hand that I'm writing down is that your interactions that you have between um, between internet and face to face, so on and so forth. These are just human interactions, um, but I think this one is specifically towards online because I know internet is like a collective and. and And the thing is, how people interpret the information is based off of what they're thinking, and not what you say. And it's very hard to get that across uh, strictly through online or forums, or like Twitter or whatever. So, these quadrants have a G and B. And, just like, you know, if you were to do, like, a boy, like, a girl and a boy, um, in this case I did, like, good and bad. So, if you were to read something online, okay, or you just read something online, and you wanted to comment, or read a YouTube video. You have two choices here. You can leave a good response or a bad response. Okay. A neutral response is exists. Like, but that really means no decision. Like, there's no interpretation, so that doesn't create any action. So that's not part of the game theory. You have a good or a bad uh, intent that you do in how you write. And if you try to leave a good interaction in a person receiving it. Um, in, you know, intends it, take, interprets it as good because that's the point you came across. Then that's a positive interaction. It's a plus. That's one quadrant. If you were to leave a good interpretation or like quote or write or you write something that's good, but the person receiving it does not receive, you know, does not believe it's positive or negative, and they receive it in, in a negative context, that's bad. Like the overall interaction is a, is a net negative in the same vein, if the person that, you know, you found something that created, like, you know, the person who created a video or wrote something, they left something that was good, um, for you, that left a good comment, again, that should be good, and it creates a positive interaction, but if someone said something to you, uh, good, but you took it as bad, regardless, The overall net negative is negative. It's a bad interaction. And then you have bad, bad. Like, you saw a bad video, I was angry, I lashed out, whatever. Or, I was just bad, I left a bad comment and you took it as bad from whatever. That leaves a negative interaction. Which means, out of all the outcomes that you can do, like how you act and how you do things, the only way for you to have a net positive interaction Really, like, at the end of the day, between both parties, is that you actually have to actually be a good human, or act good, like, well, accordingly. Be positive. That is the only way. You cannot control how someone else is going to react, but you can only contract what your intent is and what you went by. And the best-case scenario is that they interpret it as good. There's nothing more. But any other outcome that you interpret it as bad, is going to create a net negative at some way shape or form whether if they receive it as a net negative or you receive it as a net negative it doesn't matter It's gonna be way more negative than there is gonna be positive so that's why i think i wrote this is that the intent it always has to be positive if you want to get a net positive down the road like long term it's just gotta i guess i don't know i'm generally i try to be positive look at the bright side of things i also like to be a cynic if i want to be funny but, um, but generally when I work with people and I try to help others, it always aim for the positive and for the good. Like, there's no other, there's no other net positive outcome that you can do, uh, long term. At least, at least this card is, like, actually exemplifies it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's that. That's actually really, that is a fucking bomb ass. That's not even a absurd theory, that's this should be law this one is a golden card see this is i don't care what you guys think that one is a golden card my intent was pure i thought that was good if you guys don't agree with me i'm sorry but i'm really trying uh, i think that one makes a lot of sense so and i'm not mean for this to be 45 minutes long and i've only gone through so few cards there's been a lot of keepers a lot of keepers and only two discards I'm going to power through this only because I have five cards left, and if this goes over a little bit over an hour, that's fine. Uh, Again, if you guys... Again, I don't anticipate anyone actively trying to listen to this the whole way. I'm anticipating, at least if you're still awake, it's gonna... uh, You know, you're still listening to the background of of my voice. So, this one is for... um, This is an alter ego account that I made uh, in getting into the... Twitch slash streaming space, so this is more, um, this is supposed to be like a YouTube Idea channel that I wanted to do actually back then, I can't say streamer, this is way back then, when it was just YouTube. So this is all open place. It's it says Random Theory Phase, which I put in brackets so it's gotta be important, right? A thought, no, mad, oh yeah. Yeah, I am a thought nomad. Yeah, I'm not a thought leader. I am a thought nomad. I don't know why I had to write that down. Yeah. Uh, 28 pinning thought uh, nomad? What? would it mastery always be seeking aspiration? Are aha moments time travel? Time is an echo. I wrote this before. Uh, when people say slash date a credible... What? accomplishments, undoctored evidence, that was when a prior experience was recalled upon due to another experience. again, this kind of just goes through time theory, but this is just too much. Aha moments are time travel, maybe, but that's not worth keeping. Um, This one's phase two, absurd theories for fun, maybe holds water, but I wanted discussion points. All back to that one brain game episode where it talks about time travel, talk, less talk about points. I think it's something sexified more mutant better. Maybe another word change. Well yeah. Yeah, that that's toss that's toss that's tossable. I'm not keeping that. I am not. That was trash. Um yeah, good to know that my thoughts for a YouTube channel or videos are not as pristine as I would want them to be. So now we're down to these last three. Uh, sorry for those last two does. I'm very pleasant with the, with the hit rate on all the other cards, though. I feel like I'm. I feel like there's at least decent talking points. And no, I'm not going to Google every single, single little thing to verify everything. Like there's no such thing as fucking an all for almost everything. I mean, there are for certain things, but. Uh, anyway that's so that's a whole other discussion and that's a discussion that no one wants to listen to um, however these last three cars are still in the experience sorry not experience in the um, absurd thought category and I'm trying and this one is kind of a graphical one because I wrote personalized search and It's titled No Think, so I think I just wrote this that flowed to my mind, like, and I I just didn't stop to think about anything. Like, I didn't think about the outside forces, I didn't think about, like, what could go wrong, I just wrote a random theory, um, that might hold water. I hope. Maybe we'll find out. So, in parentheses, I'm gonna I have to, I have to look at this. I'm trying to piece this together here. So there's no sync, and there's no version behind it, I have 1.5 and 2. So this is late 90s to 2011, Google and their algorithms, the origin of it, the the rise and rescue of the search industry, making money, um, here's what I start, technology and humanity will coexist in one equilibrium, Smartphones are assuming behavior, using, yeah, we normally correct this, we we normally correct this, uh, mundane, It, it, it learns the mundane things and corrects our spellings. We acknowledge and trust the changes a bit more within our phones, within our technology. Uh, so yeah, our dependence on technology will increase more and more as there's been more apps and more understanding of what people are putting behind it, uh, with the technology. But in doing so, uh, once we accept that, we're you know, we're kind of accepting more of the autocorrect, we're accepting all the auto-fills of what, you know, writing an email, uh, that, I don't I don't want to do that, but I don't want to jump the gun yet. Um, But, the arrow points back to that we're just going to exist in one equilibrium, so by the time what we say and what we think is already going to be done in technology, it should be, like, your full intent should be there. Like, even just the thought of it, your intent would, in theory, show up on a screen or in whatever, like, display that you would prefer to want to have. Uh, whether if it's a smartphone, computer screen, tablet, um, Google Glass, whatever. Your thought should have your intent. Uh, theory, it's kind of just you close your eyes and you're there. But, but technology is making that more and more possible with humanity. As long as humanity keeps accepting that technology is making, you know, is accepting a lot of things that we don't want to do. And that includes our actions. Um, so that kind of points to 1.5, number five, which is personalized search. Again, these are just scattered thoughts here. Um, it didn't seem like it was scattered, but it's looking to be scattered. Uh, but from 2011 to now, after X iterations in the bank, quote unquote, trust on humans, where we are at with. Alexa right now, device search, semantic search, YouTube examples, fewer human validation, potential errors on pi- improper human co- human cognitive things, thoughts. Computers don't have a correction system, check. Oh, I've circled check, I have to verify that. Um, higher populists will start believing, um, and then it says fine, click the rates to So, this is super weird. I feel like I've evolved since then. Sense these thoughts, uh, at least for the thought process. But I think the whole idea behind this is that uh, it's the idea that humans are imperfect, and trusting, trusting technology or smart tech, especially with Google and voice search and what you're trying to do, uh, regardless of what you're trying to say or the intent behind it, is that you know we make mistakes. So regardless of if the intent is right, if you have a voice search, if you have, if you're saying something you want Google to find. Or if you're trusting technology to do something that's actually technically written based off of a human mind to begin with, and it takes information from what other people are doing, it's going to take the same bad information and the same mistakes and just expedite, expedite them. So I guess what I guess what it, this this card is trying to say, I don't know if I fully believe this now. I mean, I do, but to an extent, uh, is that with fewer human validations than the errors that we're going to see like, over time, whether it's just like poor quality in search results, poor quality in what you're browsing or or, or misfires in like, technology and production lines. Um, without that human validation to say hey, like this doesn't make sense, uh, the amount of errors that we see are going to be huge. And I actually see this a lot more. Uh, even just working, I mean, I work in marketing, but I work in a uh, Field of both like uh, search engine optimization, so that's why I talk a lot about Google, which just means uh, it h- helps show websites like show up on the top of Google, uh, preferably good websites, because that's the whole idea of Google is to show the best result for what someone's looking for. And I do paid ads, which is still within Google and maybe some Facebook too, but it's Primarily just identifying what someone's trying to search for and just paying for yourself to be up top, and hope that hopefully your whole site experience to add actually answers the question. So uh, both have different techniques, but the whole idea behind what I'm talking about is that within those industries, people use a lot of AI and tools to expedite a lot of the boring stuff and like, SEO, a lot of the PPC, and while it might expedite some of the time and exhaustedness of, like, like combing through campaigns and, and making things look better or read better. Uh, there's been more dependence on using that than actually having a human with highly specialized skills and highly understanding of human behavior to correct those mistakes. So uh, I think that's kind of the idea where it's getting at. I, I wanted to use the PBC example because it's, it's relevant to me. Um, hopefully that resonates with some of you guys. It could be for your work too. It could still be like work automation, like how systems are done. Um, it could be just about anything, yeah, depending on what you do. So that's kind of the thought process behind these ones. Uh, I don't, I don't hate them, but I don't love them either because I feel like my thoughts now have. Yeah, I think this is not. I feel like this is. Like a ethos or something that like Google wants to get at. And I'm, I'm gonna. Um, I'm tossing these ones. These ones are might be absurd theories, something to talk about, but I, I don't. I, I don't find it valid now. I I believe, and uh, yeah, I firmly believe that. Uh, I don't want to say as a marketer. I don't. I'm starting to identify myself as not a marketer. I just love to look at insights and read human behavior and uh, just figure stuff out, but. The whole idea behind like marketing, smart marketing I should say, is you want to be at the right place at the right time for the right buyer, and you need to put yourself there to where if someone has a need or a want, that's when you show up. Or if someone has a desire that they don't know about, then you have to convey the message that it's something that they really need because it ultimately solves a problem that they had but they couldn't find. Uh, so, again, that kind of goes back down to, like, working with products and clients that actually provide good value and help other people. Uh, so, if your product is good, uh, the marketing should sell itself, but the vehicle of how you do the marketing is going to be key, and it's understanding, it's, it's connecting those dots that make the most sense, and that has to be done via human, uh, because the reason why it has to be done via human is because... I can show an ad to 10,000 people, but only only two people buy it, that means, you know, for a product, that means 9,998 people didn't get what you were trying to say. That is huge. That means that's, the, that's a huge gap, and what you're trying to get at is going at, you know, it makes sense. And what you want to do, and this is why it works for Google and better for Facebook, um, At least my experience. I know I know but like if you're Google, when you're typing in a search, you're doing your best to get an answer, regardless of what your intent is. So that those are explicit sentiments; those are explicit thoughts that that you know advertisers these, and companies, if they're good, are willing to be the right solution for. It. Um, I think up a Facebook, you have to kind of understand the person, and then hopefully that. And I hope you have to trust, like, the Facebook al- algorithm for it to be spot-on. It's, it's um, Both have their own pros and cons, but the whole idea is that you still need the human touch and the human understanding, and that you have to do the human process to let the technology do the work for you. Um, versus just allowing technology to automate everything, because that, that, that just seems asset um, So, that's all. That is all I wanted to talk about today. I know this card series... Uh, hopefully, it provides certain values. And it's good value for you guys. A good, just listening points, uh, or just something to think about. Uh, obviously, uh, feel free to send me an email for feedback, or if there's anything, if you if you feel like certain type of episodes more than others, let me know. Uh, I am actively trying to make more episodes, but uh, my voice has not been with me for the last month. And it's around the two to three hour mark of me talking and recording is when my voice starts giving out. So, I do want to go for three episodes in a week, um, but I, I definitely, need, uh, definitely need your help uh, in defining what those three episodes types are. Because, uh, actually I'm going to stop right there. Let me take that back. These are parting words, I have to tell you guys these are parting words because, well, frankly, uh, I just like to have parting words because I, it separates myself. And I, ha- and I, I know I explain this at, at the end of every episode, but I know I tend to get random. And parting words are strictly to let you guys know, okay, we're done with the main stuff. Here's just other podcast stuff, my thoughts, my random thoughts, um, that, I don't know, I feel like it's, don't like, there's I say intimate? It's more intimate time not like that, but you know, it's, it's like a, I don't know, I feel like whenever uh, something's about to wrap up or, done, or be done, and you enjoy what you're listening to, you kind of have that feeling of like, oh, you know, like, oh no, I'm going to miss out, or I, I don't know, that, that sense of like, a community or camar- camaraderie. Uh, I feel like that's what this portion is, it's for those who uh, who like the content and kind of just want to get like an unfiltered just, like, stream of consciousness, whether it just listen to listen, whether you just need some sort of like upbeat tone at the end of the day or just to keep your mind from wandering um, in a direction that you don't want it to and uh yeah that's kind of the whole idea behind this but the but, but I am have been enjoying these note card episodes a lot uh, and hopefully you guys have as well uh, a lot of these episodes I am literally just pulling up as I see them I did go through and comb through a lot of this, like, maybe nine months ago, and put them in... I put these all in separate orders, and, or, you know, different different angles, like, I have a packet of the note cards, but they're separated based off of each set, section, like, one's vertical, one's horizontal, so I know if there's going to be a big subject change, um, but I still don't recall everything that is within, like, these note cards. Uh, And that's why I like the no Cards, is because there's no way in hell I would ever be able to talk about this, like, in any other context. Unless I have the no Cards in front of me. But, just as goes to show that, for one, one, yes, I do, I've mentioned this before, but I do have ADHD. Um, It's quote-unquote mild ADHD, um, but I am pretty sure it's way beyond that. Uh, However... If you're someone who has the mind racing and you have consistent, like just thoughts, I feel like that's the I feel like that's the most common theme when it comes to people like emailing and commenting. And I, again, I do appreciate those emails, and I want to kind of be a voice of someone who kind of has been there, um, and I haven't completely gotten over it. Like I wish I could say, "Oh, it's all completely gone forever." That's not the case it's significantly lowered over time, and I think, and just by paying attention to what I do daily and being mindful, uh, you can start to unlock some of the things that might cause it, and then you can take action. And I think, um, in regards to, like, the no card theories, it kind of unwinds into, like, a sense of what goes on, not just what goes on in my head, but, like, kind of how my mind works. Um, to an extent of, like, you know, hey, like, how does, like, an ADHD guy, like, somehow live in society, or how does he cope? And I fucking hate that word, cope, man. And, and it, cope means, like, I'm a victim. Like, oh yeah, like, I'm coping with this, like, I have to deal with this, and I'm sad, and I have to, like, no, no, I hate that idea of cope. That is a shitty, like, cope medium, what I say? To deal effectively with something difficult. I get it. Maybe my sentiment is wrong. Maybe maybe I'm completely wrong in there. Um, his ability to cope with stress. Manage, survive, subsist. Those are I mean, it means like successfully deal with. But I feel like that sentiment is still not there. I'm I I'm probably way off base. That's fine maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just fucking sick of this here and that word cope. Uh, like it's a coping mechanism, it's this. It's like, oh, it's just something he has to deal with. I'm like, Oh, you don't have to deal with it. Like, coping implies that something is wrong to begin with. And I mean, you know, you don't you don't describe like athletes when they face each other off like in in football, you know. You know, how does Tom Brady cope with the defense? Like that coping implies like you're like there's a victim in mind. Like, how does how does Tom Brady thrive? Despite, yeah, you know, how does you know, how does Tom Brady perform? And that's kind of what I, I want. I don't know the sentiment I want to have here. It's like you know, how do I how do I actually perform? How do I actually, you know, thrive in my day to day as someone who has like ADHD? And uh, especially back then when I wrote a lot of these things, that, you know, the the big benefactor that I found that someone you know if you have ADHD, maybe you can relate. Uh, And maybe if some of you are still awake and you might have these running thoughts, I mean it could literally be a symptom that no one talks about. Uh, I'm only talking from my experiences and it's up to you to decide, do I have it? Is this a symptom? Uh, Is that there's so much information that not many people know about and that's documented and that that it's, it's hard for us to take action from what we don't understand and I like write things down, I like to put things scattered, but how I check notes varies different. Like, I have a whiteboard to write day-to-day notes, I wrote these note cards because I felt more creative and I felt maybe visualizing it would make a lot more sense, and I could circle back one day, and, and, I don't know. Kind of like this whole rant, I had a point there and I lost it. But, uh, but yeah, the whole idea is... I think a lot of us, especially with ADHD, like, we're we're working, we're doing the best that we can. And it's no different than other people who have their own problems. Uh, The thing is, you have to look at the results that you do, and that you have in your day-to-day life, and decide, like, you know, are you happy with it? And for me, a lot of the mind racing, a lot of the wandering thoughts, a lot of just the unsure nature of life and every decision that I've made, has been trumped by me sticking with one thing that I really love doing, and focusing all of my effort on it. And that immensely decreases the amount of random thoughts, the amount of distractions, the amount of sleepless nights. Um, now, as to keeping that sustained for years and for decades, I wish I could tell you I can't. Like, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, you know. It's something that I've been able to do pretty well with for myself. Uh, with you know some some weak moments, but let's be honest, we're all I mean, come on, We all have our own downtime. So, so uh, yeah. I don't know if, if what I'm saying makes any sense. I know I'm rambling, but I do know a number of you do like and appreciate when I do this. So, uh, yeah. Hopefully that helps, guys. Uh, I'm certainly thinking about taking my name away from uh, the podcast. Uh, you know when I initially did the podcast, I looked at other podcast images, and I had my name on it, and I'm like, oh cool, I'm going to put my name on the sleeping podcast, cool, but the more I do this, the more I just realize, like, the people who reach out to me are going to be genuinely thankful, and the depth of the people that have been able to be helped through the podcast is way deeper than just me, But like, let's be honest, like, I, I use this podcast as a way to help and create an experience that I would like to listen to if I had trouble sleeping. And, uh, and that's kind of the baseline of where it started, and it's, uh, if that's the goal in mind, then it honestly does not matter who I am specifically, like, my name doesn't matter, like, someone, you know, Bill, Bill, Bill Jangles Third can host this show, um, if he's able to talk about the same things and bring the same cadence, okay, so it's like, um, me itself is just, don't you know, I, I just feel like, you know, me the name it's, it's just a label the way you can identify me with and i sound, and I, I feel like i sound like i'm nutty right now um, but i'm I, I, but i think that's part of the whole kind of separating yourself me myself from the whole i guess experience of just podcasting you know, are kind of putting yourself out there um, i don't know it just feels like a lot of overthinking that we all have uh, and I've actually, I've joined a few sleeping, um, groups on Facebook, too, uh, to better understand what people's problems are, and to, and to try to speak to those problems, especially, like, on, on here. And when it comes to mind racing, there's just so many different ways, like, the whole idea of sleep, there's so many different sleeping problems, medications, tactics, videos, that are out there, and yet people still have trouble. And, and who am I to just be like, oh yeah, I'm the guy who can fix everything, it's me, Joey, you know, like, you know, it's not, I don't know, um, in the same vein, though, I know it sounds stupid, like, I do a lot of marketing, and, like, say, I say, like, it's for products and whatnot, but, like, this is the only thing that, this podcast is the thing that I want to do the way that I want to, um, not involve marketing, at least not now, uh, I feel like, honestly, I'm getting very close to it, though, uh, the closest thing I do to marketing is I try to put myself out there to where you guys can find me. Uh, that's the only thing. I don't want to pay for ads. I don't want to pay for any of that stuff. I don't even, even want to go out of my way to be like, hey, I'm everywhere. Like, I'm, like this exist and talk reach out to people. Not until I feel comfortable with the podcast. And, I, and, and, yeah, I can honestly say at this point I am pretty comfortable with the podcast. Um, but... If you're listening to this podcast, especially at this point, that means you explicitly found this podcast for a reason. Uh, you probably were searching at Google, you are probably searching an iTunes Store, I don't know how you found this podcast, but you managed to listen, not just for one episode, but probably for many episodes, and you like what you listen to. But that all started with your intent of just figuring out, hey, I want to fall asleep. Hey, like, I want to sleep better. And... I, you know, the goal of the podcast is to make sure you get to that. So I'm going to keep doing my best to understand and learn and continue to learn not just insomnia from all angles and not just from buying, but to try to create an experience that can help more people. And not just more people, but like finding ways to, yeah, it sounds weird, it's, it's like chicken and egg because I want to find ways to let people know if this exists for, Certain types of people, and I feel like mind racing is one that is crucial. And and I know there are a lot of people out there that have to suffer for it, uh, suffer from it, myself included. Um, so I'm going to like I'm going to keep doing what I can to knowledge up, focus up, and just kind of get get at it. And, and on your end, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you are not new to the podcast. And you haven't listened to all of my old episodes. Um, it's up to you. I'm not going to tell you to listen to it. Uh-huh. But I do. I don't know. I if if you listen to something that's like from the very beginning, I always like to keep a mindset of like like it's a game, where it's like you know like like look at the listen to the first episodes and be like, oh man, like this guy's terrible, and then you can hopefully gradually see the improvements over time. Uh, the podcast from the first very very first episodes is probably nothing near to where it is now, and I'm happy for that. Um, but again, you guys have any feedback, comments, or whatever, just feel free to send me an email, podcast at gmail or follow me on Twitter. I do have Facebook. I am just terrible at it. I, you guys know my struggles with Facebook. I hate it. I hate Facebook. I hate. I'm really hating social media. I hate it almost all of it. I do enjoy banter, I enjoy memes, I enjoy the groups and learning, um, the stuff that really feeds into emotion and anger and stuff I try to avoid. That is not, the the intent is not to avoid it completely, it's to, it's to come from a mindset of neutrality and decide what makes sense accordingly. I also know myself, and I get very emotional very fast, and I go from zero to hundred. So I have to be very selective on what what I really want to invest my energy on. So, well, it's only because I, I I would go I'd go balls to the There's no there's no in between for me with that stuff. So um, it's for my safety, actually. <laughs> but um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, my throat is thrashed. I should not have talked for the last twenty minutes, but. Uh, Uh, it's for you guys. So, if you like more episodes, too, let me know. Let me know what type of episodes you'd like to listen to. I probably have a good dozen or two uh, idea or episode types that I've made, so if there are ones that tend to be your favorite, let me know. Uh, I want to find a way to help you guys sleep, and not just create videos that I think everyone quote-unquote would probably look for, but look look for things that... That hit both of what people want to know about, and hit the insomnia portion too. Uh, it's very delicate. It's very delicate to do that. Um, I'm trying. Anyway, get, anyways, guys. Enough rambling. Till next time. Take care. And dream easy.